You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It is always game day in Cleveland. We are inching closer to the regular season. We are inching closer to just seeing some football because you know what? We are just days away from the NFL preseason opening. And look who's in camp. Oh, yeah, the boys have descended on Berea. Hi, everybody, and welcome to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. We know if you like what you're listening to, make sure you subscribe to us. And if you ever want to talk to us, all you have to do is hit us up on Twitter or on Instagram at GameDayCLE. My name is Andy Baskin. His name is Daryl Ryder. Daryl, it's good to see you back from vacation. How are you, my friend? Uh, I am good. We're done playing what if when it comes to the Cleveland Browns. And now it's, uh, I guess, what will be happening with the Cleveland Browns here in 2022 as they get ready to kick off training camp this week. It's here. Hard to believe, right? The offseason flew in the blink of an eye. We are here. Training camp opens this week. It is nice to see the boys starting to assemble like the Avengers. This might be the Marvel uh, simulcast sometimes, but um, (laughs) it's nice to see these guys assemble uh, out in Berea and it gets us a little bit closer to football. Like I am just itching right now. You know, like I was saying, I was watching high school last week to watch seven on seven. It's kind of get my football fix. And now we're seeing these guys uh, actually start to come together. And Daryl, let's start there for both of us. I mean, we've covered this team for decades. How important is like this first week that these guys get together? What happens? What, you know, what's going on guys getting to know each other. What, what's the deal? Well, look, they, they come into camp. The, the most important thing that will happen uh, in the early portion of camp are the physicals and the conditioning test. Um, that to make sure that these guys are officially cleared and we'll get into it later in the podcast. We've already had one uh, projected big contributor as a rookie uh, not be able to begin training camp with the team. So those are the the most important things. This is the acclimation period. uh, So it'll be important uh, for these guys, hopefully to come in. They're healthy. They're, they're able to, to go right to work. You got to watch out for those soft tissue injuries early in camp. As we know, Andy, when those pop up early in camp, that's usually a sign of bad things to come. So, uh, that's uh, obviously going to be a focus. The good news is a lot of the COVID protocols, if not all of the COVID protocols are out of the picture which means the Browns will be able to bring in the usual therapists and uh, medical uh, training staff personnel uh, that might not directly be employed by the team. Maybe it's, you know, a a player's personal trainer or something like that. Those folks should be able to have some access uh, to the building to, uh, you know, to work with their guys, as has been the case pre-COVID. So, I think that we'll be back to normal as much as possible. But, yeah, it is a pretty important week because this is where we find out just how healthy they are 
as they begin training camp. Yeah, it's all honeymoon, I think, for a lot of folks. And, and you know, obviously we're waiting for Deshaun Watson. And the news there, I just uh, quickly, anything as of, you know, we roll into Tuesday um, as this uh, podcast drops on Tuesday, I, just nothing, uh, nothing. We're still waiting. I mean, there's nothing, nothing new as far as what his future holds. It's Sue L. Robinson's world, and we're just living in it and waiting. <laughs> when, it's, that, I mean, honestly, that's where we are, Andy. I mean, it, it, I I was convinced we'd hear something the Friday before the 4th of July, and that didn't happen. And then I was convinced, well, while I'm on vacation, because stuff always seems to happen when Daryl is on his vacation, <laughs> I thought for sure that on Friday we were going to hear something at about 5.30. Clearly, Sue L. Robinson gives zero you-know-whats about the NFL's policy of Friday afternoon news dumps. Didn't happen. So here we are uh, as uh, camp opens this week. We are still waiting. This podcast, is, as you mentioned, Andy, going to drop on Tuesday. And uh, as of uh, this recording, as we have this conversation now, there, there really is no update. There is really no news. I mean, look, we could sit here and make it sound like we've got news and, you know, throw out our speculation of how many games we think he's going to get and what – it's just I, – I just – I don't think it serves any purpose. I think it's disingenuous because, quite frankly, I don't know. You don't know. And, uh, you know, my policy when it comes to our audience, I always want to be honest with them. So I, I don't know. I, I wish I could tell our listeners and our fans that uh, I had a, a number of games to pass along or some breaking news. But right now, it, it, we're, we're just uh, we're, we're waiting with the rest of the world to find out what, if anything, uh, she does hand down. Daryl, I, I just I, I want to bring up one thing on this topic because Mike Florio brought up something last week <clears throat> that I thought was actually a good idea. And I don't know if it's going to fly or not, and I don't know how people are going to conceive it, but Florio brought up the fact that maybe if they could settle before she comes up with a uh, with a uh, a ruling, that the league could settle on this, that, that Deshaun would pay $10 million back to the league have last year's uh, season count as a 17-game suspension, give him four for this year. So then rather than saying, you know, it was a full year here, it was a full year, it's a 21-game suspension. I think if you – I don't know if anyone's going to buy it, but if the league sold it that way, I mean, a 21-game suspension is mammoth in this league. And I, I thought it was an interesting point. I thought it was also interesting the way people reacted to it. Just, I, I just want your reaction. It wouldn't fly with me. And the reason why is because he was not suspended last year. He and the Houston Texans made a mutual decision that he would not play. And he collected a paycheck. So that's to me, that's not a punishment. Now, if you want that fine to reflect his income from last year. Which was $10 million. That's what Florio was saying. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, but I just, I, I that he wasn't disciplined last year. That's that's the problem. And I, I hate to be Mister Letter of the Law stickler, but look, as we've had conversations about this, we've had to be very Letter of the Law to be fair to the to Deshaun Watson, to be fair uh, to those accusing him of wrongdoing. The Letter of the Law matters, and he he wasn't disciplined last year. He wasn't suspended. He was uh, he sat out with pay voluntarily that's not punishment at all so i think that that will be a very hard sell to a lot of people that are expecting i think is the way to put it expecting uh 
that Deshaun Watson will be disciplined as a result of the allegations and some of the fallout surrounding the allegations, including the fact that the Houston Texans were put in peril from a legal liability standpoint that led them to settle 30 lawsuits that were filed against them, which, by the way, is six more suits than have been filed against Deshaun Watson. Keep that in mind as well, okay? Um, we, now, uh, Tony Busby had said he had lawsuits 25 and 26, which we have talked about in the can, ready to go, ready to file, and then all of a sudden Matt, uh, they got 20 of the 24 that had been filed settled, and what has happened now? Lawsuits 25 and 26 seem to have vanished in the wind. We, we've not heard anything about those, and, I, 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 and I'm not being cavalier about the situation. That's, that's just what has happened here. I'm not making light of it, not by any stretch of the imagination, but th that's what's happened. So, um, And that might have been a legal tactic on his part, and that's just pure speculation on my part. Um, and again, a lot of people have done a lot of speculating around this story. And I just, I think it's been disingenuous and dangerous too, um, because, uh, you know, uh, the, the facts matter. He hasn't been charged with a crime. He's, uh, been accused in civil court. These women are seeking damages against him. Those are the facts. And now there are only four. And again, I say only that uh, it was 24. Now it's down to four. Uh, there are four now that remain unsettled. Maybe he settles them. Maybe he doesn't. But yeah, I just, I don't think saying last year was a suspension or discipline. I just, I don't think that's going to fly, Andy. I'm sorry. I, I really don't. And that's not me because I know there's a fraction of Browns fans that think I have it out for the Browns and, you know, I, I, I hate Deshaun or whatever. No, it's just, I'm giving you my objective opinion based on. The facts uh, that I know and that have been presented in the in a public forum and in, in civil court, and I just I don't know that that's going to fly, considering that the Houston Texans had thirty lawsuits filed against them that they settled, regardless it, it, of how much money that they settled them for, whether it was right. for one dollar or a hundred thousand dollars or whatever that number is. The fact of the matter is, one of the thirty-two NFL franchises was put in peril as a result of these allegations made against Deshaun Watson. But That's they were all, uh, Daryl, they were also there because the Texans were accused of being a part of it and Correct. facilitating it. So I'm wondering, will the Texans see punishment based on this? They should, quite frankly, they should. Now, uh, while I was on vacation, I was reading some of the reporting out there that uh, possibly the NFL has been satisfied with the Texans' response to uh, what was alleged in the lawsuits filed against them. That the you know they facilitated, for lack of a better word, the uh, the accused behavior of Watson by providing him uh, having a team employee providing him uh, a non-disclosure agreement, boilerplate non-disclosure agreement. Uh, by uh, furnishing equipment, I believe it was a, a massage table. Is is what was in the in in the suit that the Texans allegedly provided that, uh, as well as I think access to a to a room occasion uh, on occasion to use in, in that. Uh, and then the other part of it too is is you know settlements are not admissions of guilt either. Right. Uh, you know 
entities and people settle for various reasons. And I think that there is a high probability the Texans wanted just to get this in the rearview mirror and uh, be officially done with Deshaun Watson uh, in in all respects. Uh, just the same with Watson settling 20 of the 24 cases. That is not an admission of guilt by Watson that he did something wrong. He obviously and his legal team felt it was in his best interest to resolve those 20 cases out of court. However, there are four of them that have not been resolved and it mm-hmm. appears they won't be resolved. All right, Daryl, let's um, we've got quarterback news and it has nothing to do with Deshaun Watson. So yes, well, maybe do. it does a little bit. So well, when we come back, sort of, kind of, sort of. Yeah, it does. If Deshaun's playing, then we're not talking about it. But if he's not, that's what we're talking about next. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. All right, let's continue our conversation about the Browns this week. Um, and we have a new quarterback in town. Josh Rosen is here. He could have been here a couple of years ago. I remember fans <laughs> screaming for him with the number one overall pick. His road has been windy and his success has been limited. What will his role be in Cleveland, Mr. Ryder? Yeah, it's interesting, right? I mean, uh, Baker, uh, they, look, the Browns made the right move. They drafted Baker over Josh Rosen. Uh, Rosen has uh, bounced around. He, the, the Browns are his fourth team. Uh, right now, he's number three on the quarterback depth, and that is including Deshaun. Deshaun's number one in, until the NFL says he's not. Uh, I firmly believe that Jacoby Brissett is in line to start week one, but I also – I've been around long enough to see a lot of goofy stuff happen. And depending how things go, you know, they're, they obviously brought him in Andy to take a look at him. Okay. I I think that's the best way to describe this roster move is Andrew Barry uh, is planning for Watson to potentially be disciplined. And this is some insurance behind Jacoby Brissett. But again, I've seen a lot of crazy stuff happen during Brown's training camp, and it it would not shock me to see this evolve into a Jacoby Brissett v. Josh Rosen for week one starter. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I want to make that clear. I'm not saying that's what's happening. I'm just, my experience has told me life comes pretty fast when it comes to the Cleveland Browns. And if you don't take a moment to stop around and stop and look around, you might miss it. <laughs> and um, so that's why they, they brought him in, take a look at him, see what he's got. And uh, again, provides them some insulation should uh, some unfavorable news surrounding Deshaun Watson come down. All right. So what are your thoughts on Rosen though? I mean, I it's just like, I, I thought they brought him in here. I'm there's a chance he may never, ever see the field. There's a chance he could start. I mean, it's just a weird <laughs> it's just, I know. So, it's just weird. Like I, you know, at one point there was, I liked Rosen coming out of UCLA. I thought he was a little bit cocky coming out of there. I don't know if he was ready for what was going to hit him once he hit the NFL. And the, like, I even remember there was something before the draft where all the guys were sitting uh, together. And, and I just was like, man, I don't know if Rosen's of the same ilk as these other players that are out here, or maybe Rosen's way above the other guys. And I, I look at him and I'm like, did this guy get a raw deal? Did he not perform? Was he on uh, inept teams? But there's a reason why you bounce around the league as much as he did. And I, you know, I, I could almost, I, I feel for him. 
I feel for him coming out of Arizona, but then the question marks arise from Miami and Atlanta. So, yep. um, you know, Daryl, what do you think? Well, I 100% agree with you. And um, again, I think that this is just a low risk. Take a peek at what's their type of move. And if Watson's not going to be unavailable for a lengthy amount of time, then, you know, they only need to keep him around for a few weeks. Um, but, hey, you never know. Maybe you strike lightning in the bottle and you, you, you watch camp and you watch the reps and preseason, maybe you see a little something. Um, I still think it's going to be Jacoby Brissett week one. I, I really do. But um, Jacoby Brissett clearly is not Deshaun Watson, and I and we've talked about that. That's not me taking a shot at Jacoby. Uh, he is a, a, an, a, an established veteran that has legitimate starting experience in the National Football League, whereas Josh Rosen doesn't have a lot of experience, Andy. Um, he, he doesn't have a lot of playing time under his belt. So if you're competing, hoping to compete for playoffs, right? Right. Uh, who who would you rather start right now if you had to choose between the two? It's well, I, I would start percent. I just don't. I mean, 100%. like, I, you know, I was listening to Jeff today, Jeff Phelps, and I, he said something that I thought made a lot of sense. That Kevin Stefanski has to put Jacoby Brissett in a in a winning position to be able to capture ball games. I guess is probably the best way to put it, because. You know what you have at wide receiver. You know what you have at running back. Right. And that game plan, I don't think that there's a lot of um, like play in the string, if that makes sense. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of a better – there's not a lot of slack. That's probably the best way to put it. That okay. between success and not having success with Jacoby Brissett as your starting quarterback. With Deshaun Watson, if a play goes awry, like your, your trust factor is 1,000% that he might be able to pull something off. With Brissett, it probably goes back to about 250%, right? And so that's why that's I think – it's for Rosen, though, right now. Yeah, oh, it's worse for Rosen, I think. I don't – because Rosen doesn't have the experience. And if you go back and listen to anything anyone said about Brissett in Indianapolis, they loved him. And yeah. they thought that he was a true leader that understood the situation he was in and worked hard and guys respected him. Those are all, you know, qualities that you want in a quarterback – and that's why he's in the position that he's in. 100%. And, uh, you know, this. Th there's not a lot of risk where the Browns are concerned in this in this move. You, you bring in a guy in, has a little smidge of experience on the resume, but has bounced around, hasn't had uh, the type of success uh, that uh, Baker Mayfield has had or Josh Allen. Um you know, his, his, let's be honest about it. I think he comes to Cleveland trying to kind of salvage his career a little bit and reestablish himself uh, in some way, shape, or form. So there's nothing, there's no harm in looking. And I think that's what fans have to understand with some of these moves is that it's okay to take a peek at guys. And if you like what you see, you keep them around. If you don't, no harm, no foul, you move on. But it also gives, um, it gives them a little more insulation. He could easily be the backup for Brissett. And, and look, Andy, we've talked about the approach with Watson. You approach whatever discipline he gets like he got hurt, like he hurt his shoulder or he hurt his knee, and he's on injured reserve and unavailable. Well, how many seasons have we watched of Browns football where they've needed not one, not two, not three, but four, maybe five quarterbacks, right? right. I mean, my God. Football Jesus played quarterback 
for, for the Browns, right? Charlie right. Whitehurst, remember him? Yeah. I mean, you had Joe Thomas introducing him, himself to some poor schmuck. I forget his name. Uh, came in and had to play the uh, the final couple minutes in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field of another Browns bloodbath down there, right? Right. Uh, yeah, that's legendary. You've got um, Josh Cribbs. God love him. He had to play quarterback at times for the Browns during his career in emergency situations. So I don't have my spreadsheet in front of me, right? But right. I can tell you a lot of goofy stuff has happened at quarterback regarding the Cleveland Browns. Doesn't matter who starts week one. Here's a number for you, Andy. Two questions. One, because it doesn't matter who starts, whether it's Deshaun, Jacoby, right? How many different starting quarterbacks in week one have the Cleveland Browns fielded since 1999? I'm trying to think of who's – by the way, Blake Hant was the guy. Hello, my name is Blake. Hey. That was who that player was, and then no, 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 no. it was the it was the I'm gonna look it up. Why, why you th answer? Oh, my don't you remember like Blake Hans was introducing himself to everybody too? Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. That was that, he came that, in for the Pittsburgh game. Um, Blake Hans didn't play with Joe Thomas though. No, no, that's what I was wondering. That was I was like, but Blake, that like I'll, I'll never forget the hi. My name's Blake. Um, how many different quarterbacks <laughs> since '99? I'm trying to think of who started. Right, so Did Ty Detmer? Started. Ty Detmer two years? No. Tim Couch maybe more than a year two. First week, you tell me what is it? 18 different week. This will be the 18th different week one starter since 1999, regardless of who is who starts week one. And whoever starts week one will be 33rd different starting quarterback since 1999 as well. So, who are the dual starters of Baker, Tim Couch, right? Here we go. Let's go in order. Yeah. 1999, Ty Detmer, Tim Couch. Okay. 2000. Tim Couch, Doug Peterson, Spurgeon win. 2001, Tim Couch. Okay, so there that's a double start. Week Hang one on. starter, right? That's where you're going at. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 reading off the starters for each season. Okay. 2002 season, we had Kelly Holcomb and Tim Couch. 2003 season, Kelly Holcomb, Tim Couch. Yep. 2004. Okay. Jeff Garcia, Luke McCown, Kelly Holcomb. 2005, Trent Dilfer, Charlie Fry. 2006, Charlie Fry, Derek Anderson. Repeat, 2007. Charlie Fry, by the way, the only week one starter to be traded the very next day. Congratulations to him. Good job. 2008, Derek Anderson, Ken Dorsey, Brady Quinn, Bruce Gradkowski, Joshua Cribbs, I should mention, each of uh, the, from 2006 to 2009, so, or 2008, I should say, saw snaps at quarterback. 2010, my homie, Jake Delhomie, Seneca Wallace, Colt McCoy. 2011, Colt McCoy, Seneca Wallace, growing up Colt. 2012, Smoking Weeds, Brandon Whedon, Thaddeus Lewis. Look for Brandon under the nearest American flag. 2013 season, Brandon Whedon, Brian Hoyer, Jason Campbell. 2014, Brian Hoyer, Johnny, put no effort into football, Manziel, and Connor Shaw. 2015, Josh McCown, Johnny Manziel, Austin Davis. Even Josh McCown couldn't save Johnny, put no effort into football. 2016, RG3, Earth moved beneath my feet during the workout. Josh McCown, Cody Kessler. 2017, Deshaun Kaiser, come on down, along with Kevin Hogan. 
2018, Tyrod Taylor and Baker Mayfield. 2019 through 2021, Baker Mayfield, 53 consecutive starts, including the playoffs. By the way, that is the second most consecutive starts in franchise history behind the 71 in a row by one Brian Sype. You may have heard of him from 1978 to 1982. And then last season, of course, we had Case Keenum and Nick Mullins bringing up the rear along with Baker Mayfield. So there you go. So and just going back to your quarterback breakdown for your Cleveland Browns. Oh, by the way, I, I was remiss. 2016, that is when we got to see the legends. In addition to the three starters, football Jesus, Charlie Whitehurst, Terrell Pryor, the former Buckeye, and Kevin Hogan's heroes, baby, coming to save the day. All right, so going back and listening to what you were saying, if I caught it right, Couch, Holcomb, Fry, Whedon, Mayfield are the only ones to start week one, two seasons, at least two seasons in a row. That is correct. And Baker's the only one to do it three, right? Three in a row. That is correct. That is sad, my friend. Can I get you a tissue? I don't know, but you sounded like you were doing 1970s radio there, so it was kind of exciting. Well, I was, you know, I was enjoying go it. Back into the archives, Andy Baskin, and let me spin you a tale. All right, I'm going to spin you another tale when we come back here. It's always game day in Cleveland. Now that we figured out the quarterback situation, or we're oh, by the way, you'll have more Rosen on the web, right? More stuff on the web with Rosen. Yeah, coming soon. Coming soon to a computer or smartphone near you. Okay, make sure you're going to 923thefan.com to get some more information on that. Uh, when we come back, there were other training camp notes that I want to get to, uh, including a wide receiver that we have high hopes for and what his injury status may be. We'll talk about that when we come back. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's the writer on It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends about us too, man. Are you kidding? Uh, tell a friend who told a friend who told another friend. And then if you get a chance to give us stars, give us stars, write a review. If you hate us, you hate us, just let us know. We'd rather know that you hate us or love us than apathy. Apathy is bad, isn't it, Daryl? Yes, it is. That's the one great thing about Browns fans. No matter how bad the team is, they are always passionate and never apathetic. All right, uh, let's talk about David Bell. He's on the pup list. And, Daryl, explain to folks the pup list because it has changed this year compared to what it was uh, in the past and how the pup list is different, especially now that we're in the preseason. Well, I mean, he, he starts on physically unable to perform. Um, and that means he just, he, he's not uh, starting practice. Um, you're making, you put me on the spot here. Cause I got to bring this up in my notes. Oh, uh, well, so I'll tell you, it re- so at one point it was six games. You couldn't come back and then it was four. Uh, and then if they put you on the pup list before the season starts, that's different than being on the pup list during the season. Uh, yeah. I know Detroit was looking at this heavily cause they've got a bunch of injured guys and that makes yeah. so, guys in the roster. Yeah. So basically he starts on pup, but he can return at any point during training camp as long as he passes uh, his physical. Now, if they begin the regular season on the pup list, that's when you have to miss the first four games of the 2022 season before being eligible to return. So um, that is how the pup list works. So he can come back at and any that's time. A change. Let's make sure that people know that's a change yeah. from yeah. what was last year. Cause so, I got caught off guard on this and Keith and I were trying to figure this out. Uh, the other day when he was in the booth and I was like, okay, let's make sure we get this right. So everyone has the gist. To get, get right. Just so you know, say that because again. That took me two seconds to get right, but that's why I'm me. Well, Keith, <laughs> someone tipped us off that it was coming. So we wanted to make sure, but we had bad info right. on what the, what the ruling is on that. So uh, thank you, Daryl. I appreciate you. <laughs> oh, oh, did I give it away? Oh, I'm so sorry. 
So sorry. After the fact, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, something's coming. Um, uh, well, again, I was on vacation, and the last yes. thing I was going to do was whip out my laptop down by the pool. No, I don't blame Look, you. I was I was doing my Comgren last week, man. I had I had the, the 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 fancy drink with the umbrella. The only thing I was missing was my golf cart. Uh, I, I, I failed miserably on vacation. I, I got no golf in, uh, you did get so some Disney in though. I saw that. I, I did get a lot of Disney in, uh, very You're a happy kid in the candy store, baby. I, uh, <clears throat> I really kind of wanted to, uh, fly home on the millennium Falcon. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I was, uh, I was ready to go full Han Solo and run up that ramp and see if I could fire that puppy up. <laughs> you just needed Chewbacca. That was the problem. <laughs> There were a few Chewbacca's there. I did. I did see some uh, Chewbacca's there. Uh, sure not as many stormtroopers as I would have liked. I was a little disappointed in that. Oh, I'm sorry. Speaking of Wookies, I meant rookies. <laughs> David Bell. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm going to give you an A plus for effort on that segue. I tried. I tried. Listen, I, I love this kid. I'm ready for him. I'm just after watching him play at Purdue, I really think he can play the Jarvis Landry role. I'm not expecting him to be perfect when he first starts, but you know, it is interesting that he's hurt, yet we're not talking about a first or second round pick. We're talking about a guy um, that in most scenarios we're like, oh, I'm glad we got him. I, I don't know. Help me out. How should I feel about David Bell being in the pub? Well, I, I mean, uh, and again, coming to a smartphone and a uh, website near you uh, at some point here early this week, possibly even uh, on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we'll have a little more on the impact uh, of this uh, injury and the benefits it has uh, to others in the uh, wide receiver room whom uh, the Browns really want to take a good look at, um, including the, the back end of the roster guys. But if anything, it just means more reps for everybody else. Um, the, I, I think the thing that you can kind of feel good about Andy is that David Bell has made such a very, or I should say such a positive first impression during the offseason program, rookie mini camp, and then the OTAs in, in the veteran camp, uh, catching everything that hit his hands, uh, that you don't want to get too blown out of proportion. We don't know the severity of this foot injury. Uh, obviously, they got to get that thing right or, is, or else it's something that, that can linger. But he is, I mean, aside from Cade York, like he is the rookie that is expected to produce. And, you, and uh, that's the biggest difference for me with this football team I, 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 let me rephrase. In recent years, we've seen as the years have gone by, there has been less and less dependence now on the rookie class. And I think fans need to kind of have some reasonable expectation here when it comes to the this rookie class. These guys were drafted from rounds three through seven. And typically, if you find anybody in those rounds, it's gravy. Well, the Browns hope they found at minimum two players and maybe they find a couple of more of these guys. But yeah, I mean, this just it just gives more reps to the guys that are here, especially the fringe players that are hoping to make uh, an impression on the back of the roster that basically have a slim to none chance. Because I'll be perfectly honest with you, I think the receiver position is pretty much spoken for, really, when I look at that uh, particular position. And we'll kind of get into that as we uh, do... uh, our, our training camp preview, but yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, deep breath, hopefully this, uh, this foot injury isn't that, uh, severe, uh, as far as bell is concerned. And, um, you know, once he's healthy, I, I fully expect them to have him 100% in the mix and, uh, position to be a major contributor. 
Daryl, I, I just want to tackle one more topic here because I know you, you like you started talking about um, uh, position battles, and we'll get into that in the next podcast. I, I read I, the story about. I, I'm still floored by it. The story about uh, Anthony Schwartz taking the blame for Baker Mayfield being hurt last year. I found that fascinating because I don't remember hearing a whole lot about that. Did you? Um, I mean, you, you, you see stuff on Twitter and that I, I, I mean, from my standpoint, I certainly didn't blame him for Baker. I, I didn't either. And like, it, when I read that, I was like, what's going on here? Like, why would uh, like, so it, when I read the story, it made me think that internally there were guys riding him about maybe being in a bad spot or running the wrong I, route when he got hurt. And like, to, I, I don't The fact that he brings it up a year later and just reading the story about it was just like, wow, man, I never once thought he shouldered the blame for Baker's injuries last year. And, you know, and I, I just thought it was weird. I, I thought the story was, it was weird. I can't, I can't really come up with a better, especially because I don't think anyone was talking about it until he actually said something here. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't even read it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, just, it's, I mean, it's worth about a five second read because you're like, why would this rookie shoulder that kind of blame? And if you, I, and I'm just, I'm being logical about it, you know, knowing the way locker rooms operate that, you know, he, at first he may have said, Oh no, I ran the wrong route. Oh man, my guy got hurt. And I can understand that. Right. But I don't know how much, excuse me, I don't know how much longer you could tackle the burden of that and feel the full force to let it affect you for the rest of the season. And Baker came back and played. So it was like, right. I I just thought it was odd, but I did think it was, it was one of those stories that's like kind of takes you to a place that I don't think people knew about. And he may have opened up a Pandora's box that'll close pretty quick because Baker's not here. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, um, like I said, uh, you hearing you talk about that kind of news to me, um, as far yeah, as, yeah, I mean, it, and that, that's my whole point to the story. Like it was something that was internal for the Browns. <laughs> it was internal for him. And then right. for some reason he felt the need to kind of get it off his chest. If, if it makes him a better wide receiver for getting it off his chest, that's fine. Yeah, I sure. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I guess, um, I, I, Trust me, I'm not shocked. Like, your reaction is not shocking me, Daryl. Like, yeah, I think I, you know pretty much 99.9% of everything that's going on there. And so I think he just kind of opened up his mind on in a weird situation for that story. So, but, and yeah, I, I know I we're going to talk. I'm, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I look, I, I get the thing about, uh, you know, about, you know, fans that might have been on him or whatever, but. Yeah, I just I don't know that you can blame him for for Baker blowing up his shoulder. I mean, Baker's yeah, the one. I that, think, but I mean, yeah. I, I mean, look, I, I can't criticize Baker for pursuing the play because his football instincts uh, kick in and all that kind of stuff. Stuff happens. Like I file yeah. it under stuff happens. Now, granted, a lot of stuff seems to happen to the Cleveland Browns, and none of <laughs> no it kidding. ends up being very good. Yep. But yeah, I mean, I just yeah, I. I mean, I think it stinks for him that he felt that way. Obviously, I uh, that he felt like he was to blame or partially the blame for that injury. Um, yeah, and any yeah. fan that would have said something to be a total knucklehead. I mean, just right. what a troll. There's, I just don't think there's. It's football. I mean, 
Right. It happens. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, I thought it was crazy. I thought it was a crazy story. All right, let's leave it on that. How's that? You want to leave it at that note? Or do you have a sure. final thought? Give me a final thought. We're here. <laughs> That's it? That's your deep thought? I thought you'd have something to kind of... Or they're back. They really well, are. I mean, it, I mean, it's here. I mean, camp is here. I mean, we're you know off and running. We go 2022 football season. Well, I'm ready. I'm looking forward to I getting. Lie, I wish too. I was still poolside with my drink and an umbrella in hand. Well, I've got a week to do that for you. So hopefully I'll find <laughs> the pool. I guess you got to find one because we're doing a trip through New England. So we'll see Very what nice. happens. Yeah, we'll see. But I'll be near a microphone if something happens. So. We'll figure it out as we go along the way. Daryl, uh, fun. I'm looking forward to the the. I feel like we've kind of just dipped our toes in the water when it comes to the Browns, and we're getting ready to hit the pool here real soon. As soon as tra- as soon as camp starts, and then before you know it, we got preseason games, and then before you know it, boom, we're already in the regular season. So it's not that far away. We're what a month away from the yeah. opener, a little bit more than a month away from the opener. So he's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Thanks for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. We really appreciate you. Again, we say if you want to be a part of the show, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on Instagram at Game Day CLE. And if you really like what you're listening to, which we hope you do, um, all you need to do is uh, subscribe to the show. We love having you on board. For our producer, Meredith Kane, who's always outstanding, thanks for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.